It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into this edition of the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal and Rick Roaring from Musketeer Report. If you missed our uh, post-crosstown shootout podcast, that is up at Local12.com, also on SoundCloud. We did that on Sunday, so if you're expecting breakdown from that, we've, we've already... We've already done that. We've already crossed that bridge and spent uh, spent forty minutes. I did like not too many people missing it. By the way, I, I did like the fact that 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 people talked about you two coming out hot, coming out of the traps hot. I I, I, I laughed at that because I went back and listened. I think all I just said was welcome, and then all I hear is you two back and forth. Somebody on his board said I was deflecting and like not like straightforward. I'm like I thought I, I thought you were. Thought I was pretty on point. You didn't have to agree, but I thought he was straightforward. Yes. I, oh yeah. I, okay. I, yeah. I said that that night. I you gave me a look. No, no, no. I, I gave the guy a look. Oh, the okay. guy on the message got, board gotcha. saying that through yeah. him, through channeled it through him right there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got we got a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> yes. We're gonna we're gonna touch on uh, certainly the UC Florida game. Not a lot on Xavier, but I do want to talk about this four game stretch of home games coming off the the crosstown shootout and kind of what Xavier needs to accomplish it would be hard to believe they're not going to accomplish four and oh out of the out of this stretch but um kind of what they need to do to accomplish as they get closer to the big east we are going to look at the american athletic conference uh, a little bit the big east the sec and kind of where where the big east and sec may rank across the country because we've seen a down start for the big 10 we've seen the pac-12 not be very good um so we'll, we'll touch on a little bit of that but you know, watching some games last night, I don't get a chance to watch as much as I'd like to because I'm either coaching I, I or working. last night. I usually do. I know. I'm, I, it was the opposite. I actually sat and watched games and, and flipped through some games last a, night. A good moment for my family last night. What what'd you? What happened? My Uncle Todd yeah. named the uh, chief of police in the city That's of Berlanger. Right. That's right. He was sworn in last so night. So you were at the ceremony? We were at the ceremony and then went out to dinner as a family. So if I go speeding through Erlanger? Oh, I, I, we, we, me and... Um, if I go, if I break and enter a home in Erlanger, can I get off? Me and my me and my cousin's boyfriend called him over when we got to dinner, and we were like, "All right, so we just want to know the protocol. When we get pulled over in Erlanger, do we call you first and then hand the phone to the cop when he comes to the window and say the chief wants to talk to you? I like it. Or do we wait and then have him call you and clear us? Very few of us have get out of jail free cards, man. Yo, can you give me the answer? Because I'm the only one here who actually lives in Erlanger. <laughs> no. <laughs> in fact, I think your poster's up on a board yeah. in the Erlanger Ellesmere Police Department. I was kind of hoping we could get that taken down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wanted this doofus. Find him. Bring I, him I in. I saw it last night. It looks good. It's a good shot of you. Yeah, I was I was thin in that picture. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a real slimming shot. Uh, but watching some college basketball last night, there, there was an upset uh, to touch on Notre Dame getting beat by Ball State, and we'll touch on that here in a second. But No, let's do it. Um, let's, let's come in hot. All right, go ahead. No, you're the that, one that... That was my team. That's my team. Ball State? No, Notre Dame was Notre my Dame? team. Notre Dame was my team. I, had them, I picked them for the Final Four. I, I will say this. You and I talked about former this. Former Norse. Like, former Norse Tyler Persons with 24. Taylor. Taylor Persons, rather. For, Show some respect. Put 20, some respect on that name. 24 points for, uh, for Ball State last night. a game night. winner, right? You yep. did. Hit a game-winning three-point three shot. You do see these kind of upsets on occasion in December, and they mean in Indiana. nothing in March. They, it literally only happens That's in Indiana. Point. Indiana State and, and, uh, and IU. <laughs> Uh, but I will Fort go. Fort Wayne beat Indiana th- a couple years back. This brings me to one of my great conspiracy theories of all time: the great right state upset of Michigan State the year Michigan State won the national championship. What two thousand? Uh, yes, correct. And I, the conspiracy I, theory I, is I, this: I hate, I hate talking about that. Year. It, is that Michigan? I know you do. Is that Michigan State because they got the one seed that year because of the injury to uh, to Kenyon Martin? Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Is that that Michigan State threw that game? 
And here's why. Here's, here's my conspiracy theory. I have a bookmaker friend of mine who called me that night. And he said, dude, there's some stuff going on with this Wright State-Michigan State game. The line has moved eight points. And you guys don't bet, but you know line moves don't move eight points, right? They just don't. They move a couple. They move a point here, a point and a half there. He said something weird's going on with this game. And this guy actually, he had told me seven or eight years prior to that, the Arizona State point-shaving scandal. Because he said there's a bunch of games going off the board in Vegas. I think Arizona State's shaving points. And what happened? They got caught for shaving points. So my conspiracy theory, kind of put in the back of my mind, Wright State ends up winning that game. Should have never won the game, right? At, 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 I was covering Kentucky, and Michigan State was actually at the same site. So my boss wanted me to do a story on, hey, do you feel fortunate that you got the one seed? And, and um, you know, because you wouldn't have if it not. Did you ask if they were shaving points? He did ask, said, what did that Wright State game do for you guys? And I just saw three guys kind of looking at each other and, like, made us each other. Made a ton of money. Yeah, that, that, yeah, it was just a – and I kept thinking – just the reaction to them, I thought, man, maybe they really did. Maybe they realized that game didn't mean a hill of beans, and maybe maybe they didn't mean to lose it. It just got out of control from them. They just made they were they were making sure that it hit the number. <laughs> Correct. I just want you to remember you saying all this. I know when I come, come back later in the show and start talking about what I want to talk about. I know because maybe it was just a dumb question, and a bunch of college kids were looking around awkwardly, like, "How do we answer this dumbass question?" It's 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 possible. It was I, I can't uh, replicate what the, just it was just the look on their face. I tell you what, you're coming in hot if you're making. I've I've made this on the radio before. I've made this. On, I've made so this how on does the radio that relate before. to Ball State Notre Dame? Um, did the Notre, line, Notre Dame was did the line points? do funny things? Might like, have nineteen and a half points. No, I get, get the, honestly the overriding point is is that a, a loss in December like this, it it, it may hurt you. Well, and, down the road, but I mean they've got plenty of time to make up for that. And, Notre and, Dame's had a pretty brutal correct stretch, and and finally you hit a game where you're thinking, who we got yeah, an easy we're night at home, tonight. we can right. breathe, and then. And then you get you get beat, but it, but it ties in because I I, really, I thought they were in that next group down I between. I, I think we can agree there are there are three teams in my opinion. Maybe you don't agree. Three te- that, that have separated themselves. Duke maybe separated themselves from everybody else. I think Duke is in a tier by themselves. I think be- they're clearly the best team in the country because they beat Michigan State, which is I think number two A. Well, and, and I'm going Nova is two B. The biggest thing is Duke hasn't hit their stride. They have a right. ton of upside left. They're not playing all that well, and they're just demolishing people. Right, on a on a night, and, and you can look look and go, oh, St. Francis. No, no, no. They're demolishing some pretty good teams along but the way. Even too. Even when they haven't, like it's been so they easy. Went 127 when twenty seven to 60, sixty something. Yeah, yeah last it was night. crazy. Yeah, and, and it's seventy at halftime. Yeah. Even when they've had those close games or games where they didn't look all that well, the runs they will make with such the ease Florida to game. go win F- the game. F- Florida is, was scoring at will, yeah. right? I mean, they were they were scoring at will, and it looked like can Duke keep matches? Yeah, they can, and they kept matching it, and then Zero. some, right? Uh, and and yeah, I think they're they're in that tier. Is Michigan State two A? Are they clearly two and, and Nova three ish, four ish? I think two A, two B. I do too. I, I now I love Nova. I, I think they're just they, they just do everything right. They do, and and Nova. I think for them, one thing you've come to expect with them is they are really good in November and December. Yep. That that that's not to say that they're not good in March. But they're really, really good in November and December. Jay Wright has well, a it, formula well, for having. Well, but it, some of us having older guys too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Get old and stay old. They're, yeah, they're a big believer in that for sure. Yeah. I mean, they don't have guys going to the league after one or two years typically, but they're also compiling 
four and five star recruits every recruiting right. class. So those classes just build on top of each right. other. They get used to that system. And I mean, each year you've got at least one or two upperclassmen star leaders, and you can hit the carry and you. you can hit the ground running with that. I mean, exactly there's not as much right. teaching yeah. moments. I mean, it's and Jay Wright doesn't suck at his job. Correct. Yeah, correct. I think that's part of it. I, I would say two A two B. I mean, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of separation between Nova and, and Michigan State right now. But but to your point, and and I don't know if I really feel this way about Michigan State. It's maybe more of like a Kansas thing where I could see people saying. Nova may be playing as well as anyone in the country right now, but long-term, like looking at who's going to be the best by the end of the year with the most upside, I could see where you may think other teams have a little more upside. Maybe, but it's not like Nova's devoid of high-end talent. No, not at all. I mean, you've got Jalen Brunson, you've got Mikel Bridges, who is looking like one of the breakout stars this year in college basketball. Which we kind of expected from him because you you had seen it in flashes. You know, it, it wasn't consistent last year. But there were times last year where he was a huge spark for them. And if that consistency came, it would go to a different level. I think we've seen the consistency show up now. Uh, is there a way he's not a lottery pick, honestly? Because I, I understand... He's a he, junior? Yeah, and I understand he almost kind of plays as a role player, even though he's starting to break out as a star. But in the NBA, like worst case scenario for him, you would think he's an elite 3 and D guy. Yeah, he he can guard almost any position, and he can really shoot the ball from the outside. I don't know that he's a lottery pick. I I could see him as a guy that that goes to the Spurs, like middle late second round or whatever, and or middle late first, first round, round yeah. and ends up being like Ka- Kawhi Leonardish, not Kawhi yeah, Leonardish but- necessarily, but like a, a key cog mm-hmm. for a really good team. I don't know. They're going to get so caught up. I mean, you're going to have Bagley, and you're going to have Aiton, and you're going to have. You know that that group through the lottery because this is still a pretty good freshman class. It's not great like last year, but it's pretty oh, it's, good. It's I, in some ways, I like it better than last year's. You had some real marquee guys yeah. last year, though. I'm not so sure no. we don't this year. Okay, I mean, when you start adding them up, you look at Aiton and Bagley could to be both be transcendent talents. I watched the Bamba a little bit last night. Bamba could be an absolute freak. I mean, he's got a longer way to go, but his talent is off the charts. Yeah, watching a guy with a seven foot nine wingspan is just crazy, insane. and like a thirty eight inch vertical. Yeah, he blocked a shot last night that it looked like like he was up a like the kid was a child, and, and it was like a dad and a four year old. <laughs> yeah, if you're playing the the, the, the kindergarten yeah. in the neighborhood, come on up and play with the yeah. kid. Wang. <laughs> I mean, the thing last year, I just thought there was more star power, like like Fultz Tatum and, Bulls, and Fultz. Yeah, Fultz we haven't seen much of. Tatum's been. How about Tatum? The question I had with him was was stretching his game out to three, and now he's got the best shoot, three point shooting percentage in the NBA. You loved him. I know you loved him. That was your guy. I thought he could be a two guard in the NBA with his skill set. Like he is so versatile and so skilled. I've always loved his game. I just didn't think he was going to shoot fifty seven percent from three, and, and he won't. Right, but he but he can shoot it. Now the the fun part to this though is, is we've kind of there is those three that have separated. I think you're right. Duke is separated. Then there's the next couple. I think the fun part is this year progresses is the huge chasm of teams in whatever you want to call that next tier and how far that tier can go down. I mean, it can go down way far. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, what, a 25, 30 teams maybe? Maybe? I, I, don't know if I don't know if I'm going quite that far, but I think the biggest thing is even those teams that you may feel are better than some of the rest, 
they've shown they're susceptible to losing right to, to teams well below them and they they all have their own flaws i think when you start looking at them and i guess that's not different from a lot of years hey kentucky kentucky's arguably what right now if you just put it down on paper people rank them as a as a what fifth sixth seventh ish team they don't right. feel like it no they don't feel like it right no but i think what we're talking about here is why I'd be really excited if I was a UK sure. fan because you yeah. can very easily be right in that next group right. at and four, you can five, get hot six, and, and be playing for in, in, in an elite eight for a chance to go to the final four. Of course, and they have so much upside still. We don't know what they'll look like as a finished product because one thing we know about Coach Cal is Camp Cal is coming at some Camp point. Camp Cal is coming. And this team will coming be coming in better. about uh, let's see finals or next week, so it's coming in another ten days or so. Absolutely right. Um, can we get tickets to Camp Cal? <laughs> I'm camping out, dude. That, that, that's got a reality show. That, that should be a, that should be a reality show of some type. You think a, he's not working on that? Oh, absolutely. You know people down there. Can we do a podcast from Camp Cow? That'd be great. I'd love to do that. You should. I mean, you know people. I do know people. How long would it take me to get kicked out of doing a podcast at a Camp minute Cow? Twenty three seconds. Fair enough. <laughs> Just maybe. Maybe they have your face down there too. Out you. I know. You, I don't know you, but I know your face. Out you. Can, can out. we have him hit record? Yeah, right before. Yeah. Right before. And he, we'll he bring gets, him back in to, right to break get, it down. Right before he gets, But but to tie it locally, I mean. Xavier is definitely in that next next group, and I think UC will be yeah. and can be. Um, Saturday again kind of left me on shake a bit more than 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 I was going in. And, and look, I know it's it's one game, and we can touch on that that part of it. But I think Xavier for sure has shown it's in that next group. Well, but if we did this last week, we'd be saying Maybe. Arizona State or Arizona right. State, let Arizona State State yeah. score one hundred and four points. One hundred two. One hundred percent true. Um, I guess the the only thing is, but now Xavier's now won two top yeah, twenty five games, so they've proven, hey, yeah, they're a team. They're in that same tier of they can beat almost anyone in the country, and then they're sus- they have their they're flaws. susceptible, right? Yeah. They have their flaws. They're exactly. not going to lose to anyone, but they have their flaws, and the right team can exploit it. Exactly right. Um, it's obviously too early to talk NCAA tournament seating, but but you are getting now as this month progresses through the end of non conference, um, where kind of resumes have gotten. Not completely established, but the non-conference portion of your resume is basically getting established. As you look through it, there's there's not a lot of leagues that that have done some wow things, right? I mean, the Big Ten has just been dreadful, dreadful. And I don't know if some of this is they they, they went to the early conference schedule, so they've already played some conference games. That's so stupid. Um, you know, Minnesota last night Everybody's goes to Nebraska and just gets housed for hey. goodness sakes and we were waiting for that to happen. I told Bobby Regan Saturday when we met at Dana Gardens. Before from Barstool shootout, Sports, from Barstool Sports, who's been on this show, yep. we were talking. He was talking about how much he liked Minnesota, and I said, "Bobby, I'm sorry, but I can't trust a team that almost lost three on five. <laughs> that's fair. The, I mean, maybe that's what threw him. I didn't think about the Nebraska. Maybe that's what threw him. Wait, they have coach. They have five defenders. This is unfair. This, this is, is not fair. fair. Like that, if you almost lose three on five, I can't trust you. That's maybe the most poignant point you've made on this podcast in two years. Thank you. Like that's a great point. <laughs> Well, like we didn't really like Minnesota, but yeah, after you showed that against three and, players, and in fact, they lost three on five. They had just touched so, up a that big is actually correct. Lead, five on five. That is thirty to twenty-two. To right? Still get the win. Yeah, they lost three on five. And more importantly, maybe not that he's ever given us a reason to trust him in the first place. But maybe we shouldn't be trusting a coach who can't coach his team against three, three on five. Yeah, yeah. Three on five. No, I. I I mean, I, don't it, know, I feel pretty strong about that take. I, I do too. I mean, I mean, in that league, you can borrow it. I, Thank you. I can't give you more than two teams I really like: Michigan State and Purdue. Is there I don't any, know that I like Purdue. 
Yeah, I don't really like Purdue. Well, I'm not talking about Purdue. They're the second best. Yeah, and I don't mean to put them in that that group we were just talking about a minute ago. Yeah, they're the second best team in the conference. Yes, and that and I don't like them really. Northwestern was incredibly overrated coming into the year. They're a train of five and four. They're a mess. Um, Indiana's not. I mean, they've got a couple pieces, but they're not good. Yeah, no one wants to play them at home, obviously, because they're Indiana and Assembly Hall. But aside from that, they're Michigan's not very good. Right, they're okay. Yeah. Is Ohio State like the third best team? They in the might. Big I mean, they're, they're the only other. Undefe- they're two and zero in the league. Chris Holtman's a hell of a coach. Yeah, that, 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 that part should be noted. I, I mean, I, I think they're trending. If you were to look at the league right now, they would be trending towards being one of the teams that would make the NCAA tournament from that league. That's crazy to think about. It is because that wasn't a very talented team he took over. But again, we sat here right. last year and said, I don't think that's a very talented Butler, Butler team, team right. that's been out the whole season in the top fifteen almost. Right. So he's really good. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. really good. Um, the ACC is again the ACC, and I mean, when all said and done, there's a lot of beating up of each other that's going to do. I, I mean, they are, it, it is clearly the top league, right? Uh, I think the Big Twelve is. Do you I, really? Yeah, I go Big Twelve. You, okay, yeah. I go Big Twelve then ACC this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just the whole depth of it. TCU certainly elevating themselves has helped the Big, the Big Twelve. They're they're still undefeated, right? Yeah, they beat SMU last night. Oh, that's right, TCU. Yeah, we'll get to the American here in a second. Yeah, I mean, I guess you go all the way down to. There's not we, really a bad team in that league. I, I, Texas Texas Tech, I'm not fond of, but they're off to a good start. They, they're playing they're pretty playing well. Pretty well. It, Iowa State might be the worst team in the league. Yeah, seriously. I, I mean, mean, and they just and that's lost saying so much from last right. year. It, right. it was like that was like a two or three year drain on them. They like. Mm-hmm. They they played that transfer market so hard, right. so well, and then all of a sudden the bottom drops out. Boom! Everyone knew this year was coming for yeah, them. no question. All right, uh, but that's nine out of ten teams. In the yeah, big, that's a good point. And, and obviously the ACC, and then the Big East. I think by yeah, far, I think the Big East is right there with that that top three, and then there's a drop off when you get down to the next group. Yeah, of conferences. Um, who are you going to go? How with? How far are we dropping from the from the Big East to the SEC? Oh, uh, that's fair. The uh, the SEC is probably close, but the overall depth isn't there. I mean, honestly, in the Big East right now, there, there, there's one bad team, which is DePaul. There's DePaul one, and Georgetown both. Suck. There's one, yeah, Two Georgetown. Bad. Georgetown's playing and, nobody. And, and Marquette's an eh. Other than that, it's it's, pro- it's it, St. John's is off to a good start. The problem with Marquette is they're as dangerous as anyone in the country because they'll jack up a bunch right. of threes and, and they, they have if guys they, if they shoot forty two percent. Yeah, I mean they can beat literally anyone on one of the nights that they're on, and they can so also lose by twenty five to a lot of bad teams. Absolutely, or true. average teams, for goodness sakes. Um, yeah, touch on the SEC for a moment because it, it it has been down. It's an interesting league. It really is. No, I, I don't. I agree with you. I mean, because uh, I really like the top three. I love Texas A and M. They just got beat last night, or we're doing this on Wednesday. They got beat on Tuesday night by uh, by Arizona. Um, and that was Arizona, at Arizona coming off the mat. And that was that neutral. Or was that there? I think it was at Arizona. I'm not sure on that. No, it was it, neutral. Yeah, it, it was. Um, it was in Arizona, in the state of Arizona, but not at McHale. But it, exactly. Okay, gotcha. So technically, technically he played at the Walking Stick, whatever the hell that was. Whatever I heard it was. Bill Walton said 165 I'm sure he, times. I'm sure he loved it. But I A and M was he on peyote last night? He was on something. Um, A and M, Kentucky, obviously, in Florida, Florida are, um, are really good. Tennessee has been. And, a surprise. and I want to go back to that chasm of teams because before Florida played Florida State, they might we have thought they were. We might have gone Duke. 2A, 2B, 2C. 2C, maybe with Florida, right? Yeah. They had played Duke to the wire. They were, they, they were, you know, they were, uh, that Florida State game shocked me. Yeah, and it revealed something. We've been talking about how good that backcourt is from Florida. And then all of a sudden, a zone just showed that Chris Chioza couldn't really 
do anything offensively. Yep. He was a total non-factor. Couldn't get them into their offense. And their offense just went away. Yeah. Like, it was nowhere to be found all of a sudden. Now, that can be a bad night. It's early in the season. Florida State's not a slouch. Like, they're okay. But I thought this Florida team was as good as anyone in the country took, and playing at a really high level. And to, to only score 72 and to look bad in the process. To be taken completely yeah. out of what they had been doing Absolutely. offensively gives me a lot of pause. and, and Pause and, that wasn't there at all right, before that game. Right, and it's not that, oh, wow, they're going to struggle or, oh, wow, they, they're not as good as we thought. It's... Oh, wow, they are beatable. Yeah. Like, I mean, yep. for teams no, aside from Duke. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, this is year the SEC could get six, seven-ish uh, yeah. teams. I mean, whereas opposed to we're talking... I'd, I'd say six. Trying to get a third. You have Kentucky, A&M, uh, Florida, obviously. The one those just are, talked those about. three, I think, are T- playing ten- for... Tennessee's only loss was blowing a lead to Villanova. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe blowing's not the right word. Maybe Villanova finally took control of the game. But they were up, what, double digits, right? Like 13, 14? Yeah, something they were. along those lines? That's their only loss on a neutral floor. That's... It's a pretty good red. They, they got to win they're over Purdue good. in overtime. They're they're not overly talented, but they're really scrappy. They're tough. They kind of come at you in waves. Um, Barnes has that that program kind of humming a little bit right now. I think the SEC is absolutely getting at least six teams in, right? And, and I think there's a very good chance they get seven because one of the things you have to think about is we're talking about how bad the Big Ten is, right? The Big somebody Ten, has to fill that void, right? If they don't get an, I mean, the, it could very easily be we. I wouldn't be surprised if you told me the Big Ten was only getting three or four teams in. Uh, no, I think that's that, I think that, that's, uh, that's that's a lot for the, for the way they're playing right now. I agree. I mean, you assume because of the <laughs> yeah. way it's viewed and stuff, things will work themselves out. But like, and they probably will. It's They'll hard. probably work themselves out to four at the very least. I mean, it really will. It, as goofy as it sounds, but like, it's hard to see more than four Big Ten teams getting right. in this year. Like, if I was picking right now, I I, I think I would be stuck at three, baby. Uh, Minnesota being the third, yeah, and Ohio State out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's probably fair. That's why I, I mean, I said it. I thought Ohio State was fourth. Yeah, it's a, but so if you go four, there's your four, there's your fourth team, and then and then yeah. bottomless pit. Yeah, I mean, because you still got Alabama at home. I know they lost to UCF, and that's a that's not a good that's a bad to loss, lose right? to UCF without right BJ Taylor right. is don't disagree with you not but, good. But they are going they're they're going to beat at home, and I don't even know I don't have their schedule in front of me. If if they play a Kentucky at home, a Florida at home, an A and M, they're going to get somebody. they have a very good yeah they're getting somebody at home without question. Arkansas is off to a decent start. Yeah, and has some some good talent. Has some talent level. Uh, and South Carolina, while he lost a bunch, he lost everything. The I, fact that they're I'm not I, he'll figure I mean, they're six and two, he'll figure something out. I don't know if they'll be enough. Water right now is is a testament. Frank's a hell of a coach, no question. And team that UC is going to play, I, I don't think they're an NCAA tournament level team, but they are seven and zero. Um, they are almost top 50 in the RPI, so UC would get a chance to get maybe a top 50 RPI win if it settled into that. I don't think it'll end up being that. But Mississippi State, I, I don't think they're an NCAA tournament level team, but they've got a chance. I mean, for them, you talk about a chance for them for our, for for a, yeah, a resume coming, building win coming is to, to come BNT Arena, Arena and, and beat UC. I don't think they do that, but that's a huge win for them. Yeah, for goodness sakes. Um, all right, let's uh, let's touch really quickly on on your favorite league, the American. Um, because I'm not sure where they fit in the pantheon of this. Uh, the, I mean, over the last week, the league has helped itself some. Yeah, I mean, the UCF win over Alabama um, certainly helps. Wichita State not not gagging against South Dakota. Is it State or South Dakota? I get my states. State, the Jackrabbits. Jackrabbits. The one that, uh, what's his face, used to coach? Yeah. Scott Nagy. I'll tell South, you what, State. that is a sure sign of the best team in the country if <laughs> – if you can sneak out a win against South Dakota State, well, you, you got to show worry some, about those jackrabbits. You got to show some. Hey, to rally against South Dakota State and Cal, 
Dude, you got to show some grit. No, don't, 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 don't kid me. You're- South Dakota State. Remember, South Dakota State is a team that one time had Nate Walter. No, that couldn't oh. make the finals of the Cayman Islands Classic. There's that. So Wichita State is a sleeper for the Final Four, or the best team in the country? But that, clearly, there's really only two options. Clearly, the best team in the country. Yeah, I, would I don't think you know what it takes to rally against Cal in South Dakota. Do you understand? I mean. Do I need to teach you the game at all right now? Right now? Clearly not. I, apparently, they didn't know what it took to keep Notre Dame from rallying, and then everyone overrated Notre Dame ah. because they won and thought Notre Dame was a top five team. Maybe, maybe there is that for good. Interesting. Sake. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, but no, I guess the league has helped itself a little bit. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that I part mean, of it. They had, they've had a couple good days. They've had a couple bad days. But that's better than 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 past years when the days were just bad. Day after day, yeah. after day after day. They've, they've picked up a couple wins that are that help the league. That, that that's the thing. There are actually some better wins this year when you look yeah. at it. The problem is there's still there's a bunch of bad losses yeah. throughout, and it's like no, it seems no, like almost I mean, all bad of them losses. took one. Yeah, it seems a bunch of those teams took a bad loss, and it's like man, couldn't a couple of you avoid it? So we right. had three or four or five teams up here at the top that looked good going into conference play. I mean, I think you're looking at. As of now, you see in Wichita State will be in the tournament. And then? I think SMU will probably be in They've the tournament. They've missed a couple of opportunities. They have. Um, Central Florida is interesting because now they at least have... Right, and you made the point of they probably weren't going to have a shiny non-conference because of no B.J. Taylor, but you get the Alabama win without him. You bring it. You bring him back, and let's just let's, and they haven't. Let's just say, for argument's sake, they go thirteen and five in the league, fourteen and four in the league, which right. maybe isn't out of the realm, but thirteen and five. But in the you league. can say we had to play the entire out of conference without and, our best, and player. and we've got our best player. Look what we've done with yeah. him. Look what we did in the one game, a key yeah. game without him. Temple's a weird deal because they've got a couple really nice wins and a couple really, really bad losses. Right, right. They've still got. If you look at their schedule, they've still got a pretty interesting December. Yeah, but let's just be real about this Temple team. It's just not good. I, I don't think it is either. But they've still got they've got a couple scalps and they've got a couple more opportunities. Got, we're doing this on Wednesday. They got Wisconsin tonight, which isn't great. But again, they there's sh- one of those ones you should win that yeah. game. Um, they still have Nova at. Um, it, it and shows it being at home, but I'm assuming it's a big five. Yeah, no, maybe it is at home. I don't. Yeah. They've won that game a couple times, goofy. Where and they play at Georgia. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but who, but who are their losses already? They've got three. Well, Sal by ones. four and GW. Obviously, the other night oh, by okay. four. Okay. They've two got bad. two bad losses. Night. They've got two big wins. Um, they beat Clemson and beat. Well, Clemson, Auburn, and um, South Carolina. Yeah. So I mean, it's not. I don't think Auburn's a big win, but it's, no, but it's, it's, it's not it's out good, of the realm of possibility win. that they could be on the bubble if they get things figured out. It'll be a tough, tough out in the NIT. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. One, I'm not disagreeing. Will they that. get a one seed or a two seed? Do you think? Oh, I put three or four. Yeah, I was thinking three or four. <laughs> but I, I mean, it's 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 kind of frustrating because of what Rick said. Now we've seen them jump up and get some scalps, and then they go shoot themselves in the Correct. foot. You know, on Thursday, you know, they get a scalp on Saturday, and then on Wednesday they shoot themselves in the foot. And it's conceivable Nova rolls in by twenty. It's conceivable. Yeah, and I'm talking about the whole most of the league. Yeah, right. In terms of you know some of the wins that are like, oh, all right, they're they're moving in the right direction. UConn stinks. Yeah, getting a chance to watch them against Syracuse. I mean, I, I, I Syracuse is is good. I don't think they're great. Somebody had a great line on Twitter. That, I that saw game. Last that night. game. I walked in the house. It was like twelve points. 
and it I swear it, every, it every was twelve every, every time I looked up it was sixteen down to ten back to twelve back to fourteen back to twelve it, it I think they did whittle it to seven at one point dude jacked in a three from thirty five feet out yeah. for him Rick, but, I saw a line on Twitter last night you you'll love. I can't wait until next year when Altariq Gilbert is named the newcomer of the year in the AAC for the third consecutive season. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to touch on your UCF real quick. They, they did have a they got rolled at West Virginia. Rolled. Yeah. Well, West you Virginia. don't have your point guard. You're going to get no, no, rolled I'm, I know, in Morgantown. I know. Um, three point loss to St. John's uh, and a three point loss to Missouri. So, I mean, two not awful losses, really. Yeah. But other other than, than one West Virginia, of, getting one of those would have been nice, Missouri right. or St. John's. Right. Uh, I do want to touch then on the uh, on the UC and Florida game and and what we, we kind of talked a little bit on Sunday after the the shootout. What this game now means and the impetus of it. I guess the the optimistic part is because if you'd asked me Sunday night, does UC have any chance? I'd have said absolutely none. Um, you ask me now, I, I lean towards at least there's a puncher's chance. Well, I mean, you get a, a blueprint, you get tape. Of somebody taking them out of their stuff, I think you have to slow this down. Yeah, I think you go matchup zone. I think you have like that's dangerous because of the way that they shoot it. But, but I mean, you, but you keep a point guard from going where he wants to go. Yeah, too. you you keep him in check a little bit. Um, and that was my biggest concern is I don't know after watching UC against Quentin Gooden that they're going to be able to handle Florida's backcourt. Right, but. I mean, now all of a sudden we saw what Florida State did. Like you said, the blueprint is in place, and it seems like the idea is get in a zone and keep the ball in front of you. Right. And playing on a neutral, I mean, you know, you, I, I think you bank on the fact that Florida's not going, at least going in, not going to make a bunch yeah, of shots. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I, you know, the, the, the moneymaker for this event is the first game because it's at the Prudential Center. It's Seton Hall's home floor. Right. Seton Hall and VCU are the first game. So that second game, you have to think. I mean, they'll, you so know, it'll empty out a little bit, quite a bit, I would guess. I mean, eh. I'm sure some people want to stick around and see yeah, two I, top I, twenty. Yeah, teams. I, I think so too. Um, I think if you're buying, I mean, if you're a Seton Hall fan, obviously you're buying a ticket to see your team. But I think if you're going to go ahead and buy the ticket, which is probably a decent price ticket, part. you're going to stick around and watch the second game. Here's the weird part about that: first game at three, second game at six. There's going to be an hour between the two games. Yeah, there's that, and it's there's a lot of pop drinking. Then it being it being in that area. Man, it's a lot of people just want to get out and go do you stuff. You might be right. I mean, I, I've noticed right. that at the Big East tournament to an extent. They well, watch you're in Newark. Team. You're not in New York City. I know, but that might make it even more that way because True. you want to get back on the train or whatever and get back and get to the hell wherever out of you're Newark. going. Because yeah. <laughs> you're not usually going to New York to Newark for Newark. So True. No, I, it's going to be interesting to see what the crowd is like at that at that game. Because I it, it could be a pretty dead building. Um I don't know who that favors per se, but it it, yeah. it you know it's not going to be a situation where Florida is playing in front of you know a crazy loud pro Florida right, fan right. fan base. We talked people from Florida aren't going to Newark in December to to no, watch basketball. People in Newark go to Florida. In, that's how in it December. works. Yeah, yeah. That's that's usually the way it, it goes. It, they don't do the reverse. Correct. Um, birds fly south for the winter. Remember, uh, we, we talked Sunday, and, and and we even admittedly said there's a little overreaction to this as we started to make some. We talked about maybe some changes that had to. Had I don't to know that it's an overreaction. I just think you have to keep it in context until we get more evidence that correct that you know some of those things are what's happening. All right. So that being said, I'm, I'm cash it, catching that with with the fact of what. Changes might we see Saturday, even if they're subtle ones. You got to put Kane Broom back in the starting lineup. I think you have to. Yep. Um, 
You said something interesting, and I didn't go back and watch every possession. Jacob Evans was terrible defensively in the first half? Not even the first half. The entire game, Jacob Evans was totally disengaged. Didn't seem like he knew the game plan. If if they had been given a game plan in a scouting report, which I assume they have, and I assume it said very specific things about Xavier's actions and how Trayvon Blewett will work within them, he did not understand any of it or didn't care to pay attention to it because he couldn't – he was – out of position every time Xavier ran a simple dribble flip on the perimeter. And it's the most basic action they run in their offense. But Trayvon That just Blewett, starts it. Right. And Trayvon Blewett and Kaiser Gates got three or four wide open threes because he totally misplayed it and was out of position. And it's like, how does that happen to a guy who's that good? And I'm not saying he's like a lockdown defender. He's but, a good defender. But he's, he's a long good and defender athletic and he's enough. got yeah. the physical tools to... Like, it was strictly either he didn't care or he didn't know something was up with the scouting report there because everybody on my side thinks Cumberland is the one that was disengaged. Well, offensively, I thought Cumberland was very static. He didn't, didn't seem like he was moving at all. He was just standing still a lot. Um, and then defensively he is what he is, you know, like, but, but, but the problem was Jacob was guarding Trey or at times Kaiser when they'd get, you know, in transition and switched or whatever, and he kept blowing simple coverages that it's just like totally inexcusable for and, a guy. And if he caliber. does, if they do that against Florida, Florida will blow him out of the gym. One hundred percent. Well, you made the point. I mean, do, do you do you start matchup zone and maybe even stay stay as long as you can stay with it? I mean, after watching Florida State, I think you have to have it heavily in the arsenal and ready to go. They haven't played it a lot this right, year. I know, but you got to have that that bullet in the gun for sure. Because if you're, I mean, if you're going Justin Jennifer or uh, Kane Broom to stay in front of Chris Choiza. It's impossible. It's, it's not going to be a good day for no. you. Well, and we just saw against against a good team who has pretty good guards and, and specifically wings that like to get downhill. UC had some issues matching up in transition. It, sometimes they are fine and they look good when they do that. But then other times Xavier was getting easy looks because guys weren't matching up. Um, Karen Cantor, we were talking about it was the zone. Actually, it was transition. They were getting back in transition and finding him. They were finding everyone else and going. Who's got him? Oh, we don't know. And then he hits a three. So and Florida will push. Florida, that's what Florida wants to do. So to me, I think you do. You, you learn from last week's game. You say that plan didn't work against that team. Florida's similar in how they're going to try to attack us offensively. Let's get in inside, pack it in with the 2-3 matchup, and, and make them work the ball around the perimeter and hit some shots in a neutral And, and as much as UC does like to go to the offensive glass, maybe you don't commit as many bodies there and you make sure you're back Possibly, and, and matched. Yeah. I mean, you just do. It's going to be interesting. I, I, it's definitely a lot more interesting game now than it was when we sat in here Sunday. 100%. Yeah, agree. Well, and, and let's be honest. Mick is going to be able to challenge the manhood and oh, the no toughness doubt. of his guys and everything else after that Xavier game. It's going to be a major motivating factor. For not going to be a fun week of practice that's going on right now in Clifton. No, it's not. Um, the other thing we talked about is 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 the the Kyle Washington zero factor. Um, is that a Washington? Washington. Oh, I, nice. I'm Washington. I'm Washington. I'm ketchup. Do you catch you, you ketchup or ketchup? Get in the game. Ketchup. Kind wash. Of like a normal human. Wash being. or wash. Wash. Like, well, like it's yeah. Like like there's like, no R's. There's no R. Spell it. Wash. I can't. I can't stop. W o r s h i n g t o n. Washington. Washington. There you go. There you go. I do say Washington, but I say wash. I don't know why. I'm sorry for that. Yeah, it's just you're. It's for whatever reason, correct. For is that reason. how they say it in Cuba? It is. Yes. Oh yes. Cuban B. C. 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 My friend. I haven't dropped a Cuban B in a you long time. We don't have the audio. I know. We, yeah. we, we need that. You can though. put that in. in post. Um, All right. But but obviously you you go back with Kyle Washington. But I guess the question is how long is the leash? 
Not very long. I mean, I, you're at the point right now with Mick. If you're not going to defend, he's not going to play you. He I, said as much. That's where he's at. I mean, you can tell he's to that point in the season. So, I mean, maybe you. The thing about Florida is though they're they're weak on the interior. Yeah, I mean, like that. The thing is, you would like to think Kyle Washington could give you a lift on offense against Florida. Yeah, but if he's going to play the way he did against Xavier or anything like that. He's not worth having on the floor. Right. So it basically comes down to Kyle Washington making a decision whether he wants to be engaged and play hard or if he wants to watch from the bench, because I agree with you. I don't think Mick's going to watch him do anything like what he did against Xavier anymore. I think he's done with that. Yeah, I agree. The problem is, though, what's the next option? And I guess that's the biggest part of it. I don't think he cares. And and I don't think he should. Look, what what did we talk about last week about trust? Coaches play who they trust? Sure. I think he's starting to trust LEL Sasemi real quick. And at this point, what what's the point in playing the other guys if they're not going to play at balls to the wall as hard as they possibly can and at least give you maximum effort? When you challenge them to do that. Yeah. Then play a young guy who will do that and also has upside. Young. Well, a guy who's new to your program. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. That's, that, yeah, it's a lot different. It's like, Manu, what was Manu, they say Manu Bowl was? They thought played in the NBA at 48 yeah. when they all went back and checked? <laughs> yeah. You just never know. He had seen you know, a lot of how many, rains. How many rains have you seen, young <laughs> yeah, man? How many exactly, rains have you exactly. seen? Um, if you were to predict the final score, I mean, if you had to be, be pushed to it, do you does you see win in your mind, or will it take a, a really top-notch performance and catch Florida on a little bit of an offshoot? I think day? you're catching Florida right now, and we'll see how they bounce back. I think you're catching Florida right now at a point where they might be questioning themselves a little bit. Yeah, uh, fair enough, because you can, you can always take that two ways. I mean, we're looking at UC saying this loss to Xavier is a motivator. Um, you yeah. could argue maybe the loss to Florida State's a motivator, but it also can be the flip side of, hey, we thought we were really, really good, yet we couldn't hold a lead against Duke, and we lose this game to Florida State, and maybe we're not as good as everybody says we are. What would you rather see from the UC side? Florida coming off I know, that's being undefeated question. right now, or Florida coming off this loss to Florida State? Well, they would have had the loss of Duke, too. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 that doesn't really We don't even count, count that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> really it's like, okay. We, they played well, well in that game. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll leave you Honestly, I think the way it is now, like I know the optics would be better if they had blown out Florida State, but I think that exposed some things. And, and, and I think it was necessary. Maybe give UC a little confidence, too, yeah. saying, look what just happened to those guys. Yeah. They're beatable. Instead of going in there and thinking, my God, these guys are we two points. Perfect. These guys are two points under Duke. And they've rolled everybody else. Right. Um, and I think there's um, a lot of a lot of uh, poking and prodding going on over there right now about finding an identity for this team. Um, I, w- I would have had a completely different answer on Sunday. But right now I'm going 77-74 Cincinnati. I'm going 77-71 Florida. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean towards – I think Florida is a better team. Uh, that's, a, that's about the right score. But I, I would tell you this. I mean, if you're not – even if you're a UC hater or a UC fan, if you're just a college basketball fan, that is a game to watch. It's going to be a fun with, one. Without question. No question. There are people within the uh, Xavier coaching staff that are calling me out for picking betting lines, the, the Vegas spreads, for my matchups articles. Little do they know – I put that crosstown shootout pick 
on here well before betting line came out, and you can back me up on that. Right? Correct? No, no. For those that don't know, it, it, football lines come out early. A lot, it, a lot of times, NFL football lines they'll set. Believe Monday, it or not, yeah, Sunday before, night. Well, yeah, before even even the Sunday night game's over, if teams are already done and they don't match a team that's playing Sunday night or the Monday night game. They'll set betting lines. College football, as soon as Saturday's over with Sunday, the new lines come out. In college basketball, betting lines do not come out until the night, the day before. Literally, actually, sometimes the night. Before right. um, before games because a lot of it is they're they're trying to gauge injuries it's it's a fluid situation so it's not like these lines it's not like the UC Xavier line was out last uh, last Tuesday when we were recording correct and I made a pick of we actually three picked, we actually did it on Thursday but it was not out on Thursday it I made a pick of Friday three night. you made a pick of three I think he made a pick of three right that's I what I try to explain to them it's like the spread isn't that hard it's guessing the total what pace is the game going to be played yeah. at because most think, people will guess a similar yeah, spread yeah I, I think right. I went seventy two sixty nine on local twelve I think even on the podcast I thought it was going to be lower score Scoring than it ended up being. I think some of it was a little, I won't call it garbage time, but the I pace at the 75, end. 75-72. Right. But yeah, I think we all went three. The line ended up, I think, I, I saw yeah. that more was two and a half. So it wasn't like we made the line. or, or we, that, that was what We're we, just we good felt at this it. job. We just felt what uh, the line would it, be. My exact words to those who were questioning yes. me was, I can't help it that I watch film and I know what's going to happen. If you need some help, I've got some free time. I might <laughs> be able to help you guys out. But Maybe we call Brent Mus- Musburger and we go start helping him with his He's, little service. That was the opening of Levitard today. That you didn't hear it because you were up here. The, his his snowflake tweet from last night. Brent yes. Musburger. Also, him tweeting yo before everything. Yeah, a little strange. He, uh, he's, going cra- he's going a little bit of crazy land. Levitard called for immediately a thirty for thirty crew go to Vegas now. Oh, that'd be awesome! And start shooting a thirty a Brent for thirty Musburger? that starts today. Not about anything from then. But about him living his best life in Las Vegas at like 75 years old. That would be great. He's like, I, be- I guarantee you, 90% of his day is spent in a cowboy hat and boots, nothing else. <laughs> I-, I just think he's been waiting for this time for oh, so yeah. long. No question. He's been waiting for away his coin until he could go do this. Yeah. Second down and nine. Second and nine. Um, let's talk about the stretch for Xavier, uh, Rick. It's it's a, a, a five game stretch, for lack of a better term, before the uh, before the Big East starts. But the next four in a row at home: Kent State, Colorado, East Tennessee State, Marshall, all extreme double digit favorites in all of them. Um, what what do you want to see from Xavier? Because then they do have a, an interesting game right before the the league, where they go to Northern Iowa and play. And, and I think that'll be a that'll the be a sixth th- time they played Northern Iowa in, in the, the last past two year years. And a half, <laughs> in, the last eight, in the last eighteen months, um, they're scheduling double home. They're scheduling home and home every year. Uh, for goodness sakes! But what what do you want to see from Xavier? Maybe in this four game stretch, what do they need to to get out of this four game stretch? Other than maybe just stay away from injury and 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 don't start getting selfish and getting bad habits. The biggest thing is stay away from injury. Um, but there's a few things I th- I think you want to see. Number one is. What's up with Karim Cantor? Because he's been really is good. This, is this a blip or is this a guy evolving? Well, he's he's been good for four games in a row now, and two of them were Baylor and Cincinnati, which were legit opponents. Now you're going back to sort of these other games that are middling games where maybe he's not as fired up and he's not a forgotten factor against. Big- but he's physically better in some of these cases. Where right, he's really not in the games you just mentioned. Right, so does he exert himself in those games and and? and beat up on lesser opponents because we saw he was inconsistent too at Green Bay against lesser opponents. So I think you want to see that consistency from him constant, consistently giving you an offensive lift off the bench. Um, 
Two, the, the two freshmen. What can you get out of them? How much more comfortable can you make them? Do you expand their you, minutes in this four-game stretch? Without, I mean, I, without question. Yeah, they, were, they were already expanded before you got into the tough stretch against Baylor and Cincinnati and Arizona State. So they'll go back to playing more than 20 minutes a game. And the question is, how much more comfortable can they get and confident over the next four or five games before you get into conference play? Because I think Najee Marshall definitely can give you a big lift once you get into conference play on both ends of the court. And then Paul Scruggs, he's already helping defensively. Can he get comfortable running the offense to where you're not scared every time Quentin gets in foul trouble and has to go to the bench for yeah, a few And that's why I wonder with him if, if, if his, I mean, we talk about expanding their minutes, but if, if you don't expand him with, with maybe the first group a little longer just for that reason, not to, t- not to say, look, Quentin, I, I don't trust you. It's just I, I need to see him with this group for a few more minutes, few more possessions, so they get used to him. He gets used to them. I'm playing him with better players um, than, than you know, maybe he's in there with three bench guys. Um, and, and, and it also, I think it, it gives you a chance to, to take some minutes away from Quentin now, knowing on the back end, he's probably going to play extended minutes in the Big East. No question. You're going to have to play him a ton of minutes. But my third thing would be Quentin Gooden. He all, all season so far, he's taken the role of I'm setting everyone else up. I don't even need to look to be aggressive. And the coaching staff wants that out of him. They've said, go be a distributor for us. Make your teammates better. And he's done it at such a high level. It's, it's been very unselfish. But he has upside as a scorer. He can get to the rim and get you points. We saw in the Cincinnati game, he had opportunities to go to the rim. A couple times he finished off. Another time he missed an easy finish. And then a couple times he decided to pull it out and pass it when maybe he didn't even need to because the guys guarding him couldn't stop him from getting where he wanted to go. So do you see a a confidence factor from him and, and a better feel for when do I go get mine while not taking away from what I... There is a fine line for that. There is, there because really he's is. built such a good chemistry with this offense. You don't want any of that to go away. But you also don't want him, when he's got a chance to go finish at the rim, to not think about finishing at the rim. Because that could matter later in the sure. season when you get in those really tight games. If he's the guy with the mismatch and he can get to the rim, you want him to take advantage of it. You yeah. also want to make sure teams don't start sagging on him. And, and they've already done that to an extent, and it still worked, because the problem about sagging on Quentin is... All they'll do is run a dribble flip to Trayvon. Right. And if you've sagged off, now you're a step late to recovering Correct. to Trayvon when, when they do that little dribble handoff. So bang. it gets tough to do that and really be effective with it. But you're right. If you can make teams respect him as a scorer, it, it just changes things. It does. It absolutely does. So I think that's the third thing you're looking for. All right. Uh, let's touch quickly on NKU. We're, we're big in the numbering things on this podcast. Now. Yeah, you, you started the numbering know, trend. I'm all in on it. I I've always been a big numbering guy. I might start guy. lettering. I may go point A, point B, point C. See, I'm going to I'm gonna mix it up. I'm like gonna go lettering. one, C, C, seven, J, Q, Q. Q. <laughs> um, such on NKU for a minute, um, fellas. They, they've got four more games left in their non-conference. Smoked Moorhead State. Did smoke Moorhead State after smoking, uh, was it? Russia or Berea? I get them confused. I think it was Berea, right? Who cares? Yeah, I know it was one of those. Honestly, Berea. but they have uh, they have East Tennessee State on the road because they've actually they decided game. they play them home and home for some some reason. Um, then Eastern Kentucky, which has not been very good, Maryland, Baltimore County, and then their last non conference game is is a big one, which we'll touch on probably in, in the next week or two because it's not till December nineteenth. But at Texas A and M, uh, I mean, basically they've got. They've got a, a, a. They'll be favored at East Tennessee State if you made a line, and probably should win that game. Certainly would beat beat Eastern. Certainly should win at Maryland, Baltimore County. They have a really good chance to get out of the non-league with three losses, with two of them being Memphis, um, Texas A and M on the road, and and Vermont on a neutral. I mean, they have positioned themselves to to at least make, if not an NIT, which is still hard if you don't win. 
the league and get an automatic bid from one of these leagues to make uh, the tier below that tournament. What, I don't know what it is anymore. The College Insider, College RPI, the somebody or other. Memphis? They did. They just found a way. Rick's still shaking his head about that. Um, but that's, I think. But honestly, I think that's they, maybe the most disappointing result of the season. He has nothing. He has you're nothing. you're but, telling me. But the, uh, the, the point I want to make is, depending on what happens at Texas A&M, we'll touch on again that game coming up uh, in, the, in the next couple of weeks. I, I think they've accomplished what they wanted out of this non-league, right? I think they've oh. shown a lot of things that, that makes you go, all right, when they get in the league, Oakland at Oakland may be the one where you're, you know, you're, you're, you're in a tough spot. But other than that, they're, they're fine against everybody else. Absolutely. I, I think the biggest thing is they look like they picked up where they left off from last year. Yeah. They're playing with the same type of confidence. They have great chemistry. But at the same time, you start watching them and you and you remember, oh wait, he's still trying to implement a bunch of sophomores into being as playing major minutes and being huge factors. They still have a lot of upside. A lot of these guys are getting better. Jalen Tate, you know, was supposed to be a starter last year, gets injured, has to redshirt after a few games. He's getting acclimated right? all all over again, and yet he's showing off some really impressive things at times. And he spreads out that recruiting class a little bit. Yeah, now changing. that he's back to being a freshman, right? That gives him a little bit. You know, they had the seven footer in the freshman class, but now you put tape back in there, take him out of that group. So, because yeah, he didn't have a lot of scholarships to, to to offer. Right. Well, what I'm saying when you get to that point where that group of so- now sophomores or seniors, you're not going to lose everything. Right. You know, you Tate being getting injured might long term work yeah. out you know really good for them yeah but Faulkner I mean he's still improving I mean with each game you see it with him he's learning different things he's still getting bigger and stronger too which is which has helped him adding some strength this year I mean there's there's still a lot of things for this team to work on and improve on but they're sh- they look like the same team that made that run last year late in the the horizon they league. look like a fringe top 100 Ken Palm team yeah, yeah. Which is which is outside of losing to Memphis. Great place to be outside of losing losing to Memphis. All right, final take time. I'm going to start with you because I don't know if he's got a conspiracy. Hold on, first before we do that, we were talking about um, just resumes a little bit in conferences and who's getting in the tournament. One thing that did come out this week is that the selection committee is going to adjust their team sheets that they get. And what this looks like is it's where they're when they're comparing the teams and looking at them on their spreadsheets and everything. They had these sheets that would say top 50 wins home and away stuff like that well what they're going to do is separate it into four quadrants and quadrant one is going to be home wins one through 30 neutral wins one through 50 and away wins one through 75 so what they're doing is weighting away games as meaning more than home games which we all understand and agree right a home win over a top over over a four, over 47 is not weighted as much as a, as a road win against 63 and it shouldn't be it really shouldn't be right and really it's kind of ridiculous to draw these arbitrary lines to begin with but you have to do something and i think right. this is at least a step in the right direction See, to understand that they should be weighted differently this is where i was going with my rant so we'll, we'll pick up here this is what i've been like this is what i want because this is a little bit more defined. Like now you have an idea of how to schedule, of how to schedule, of what it requires, of what it looks like. Instead of every year, you're wondering: Is this year is it going to be this? This year is it going to be out of conference scheduling? This year is it going to be top fifty wins? This year is it going to be top fifty road wins? And, this- igno- and it acknowledges what we all know that, especially in leagues, going on the road and winning is hard. Hard. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult to do. So I, 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 and I, this is what I've talked about for years. It's not that I thought that there was some conspiracy by the selection committee. I think it's human nature. But 
you have to find a way to narrow down that human nature so that I know when I'm making my schedule what they're going to give me, what, what it is this year. And if you because if, if like I, it shouldn't have to be a situation where you guess. You shouldn't. It shouldn't be. Okay, well, this is what they did last year, so that's how I'm going to schedule this year. But I don't know if that's what they're going to look at this year. I mean, no. This at least gives it some structure. This at least gives it these – are, these are the lines drawn sure. in the sand. These are the quadrants. I think part of what you're saying is right. My concern is that the selection committee is still human, yes. and this doesn't define – who, what they choose no, as the most no. important criteria, it just at least gives them a more clear view of what they're looking at. Exactly. So, like in the past, you could say, "Oh, a, a, a road win means more than than a, a home win does." But and how if, much? But if they all show up in the same, oh, right. they got seven. They're seven and three against top fifty games. At the end of the day, what do they fall back? On, exactly. You know? So this at least changes That's the mindset a little bit. I don't bit. think it, it. I don't think it fixes everything, but at least it's a step in. Setting some parameters on this is what means more than that. Well, and I think it will help, if nothing else, it provides more of a clear incentive for, for teams to schedule tougher away games sure. in their non-conference, to go play a road game, knowing at the end of the year you're clearly going to get credit for that. Right. But at the same time, I think when it comes down to selection time, you're still going to get the issue you talked about is one year it's going to be strength of schedule is their biggest emphasis. One year it's going to be... That's human nature. Yeah, but, but, it's but, just going to change but, from year to year what the committee But as long as if you're transparent about it going into the into to the scheduling process for the, for the next coming year to say this is the criteria for this coming season, this is how you better schedule court, then that's fine. I think that's transparent for everybody. I think it's, it's a part of midway through the process going, okay, now this is the way we're going to do it this year. I, that, that part I'm, I'm yeah, not a fan, and, fan, and fan of. Because the team sheets, I think, were very vague is kind of what yeah. I'm getting at. Yeah, it, and, I, and I, I couldn't agree more. This at least gives them – it gives the teams, if nothing else, a more, hey, at least we're going to get credit for this. Exactly, and that's what I've always wanted in terms of you shouldn't have to guess what's important and what's not. And to, you're, you're right. You're still going to have to do that to an extent because it's human nature and because – until you, you know, like, we don't know where the conversation's going to go when we sit down in this room. Right, right. They don't know where the conversation's going to go when they sit down in that room. I'm okay with that side of it. But a more defined team sheet that, that quantifies 75 on the road means more than 45 at home, I think that at least is giving you somewhat of a guideline when you're making your schedule, when you're deciding who you want to be. And if we see the selection process follow that guideline, then you'll know. Yes. I mean, then you'll know. Absolutely. You saw the transparency of it up front. You saw the transparency of it when it came to the thing. It's not looking at a team going, wait a minute, they followed all your criteria and had this, this, and this, and you still didn't pick them? Right. Why did you not? Are you under-seeded them five seed lines? Right. right. I'm with you. Yeah. I think it's a it's a, a move in the right direction. All right. Do you have a final take other than Th that? That was That's, that's where that's, I was going. Okay. Was that, that's your final take. I like it. You got, you got one conspiracy, man? We, we, we've got to get some audio going here for this. You're just going to have to sit through it because I need your guys' takes on this. Did you learn anything since then about what the president did to help get your son out of trouble? I haven't learned anything. It was just a conversation we had, and that was it. I've, I even sent him a pair of the Z02s. Come on now. You sent the president a pair of Red, sneakers? Red, white, and blue. Show you that we... Pre I sent him three pairs. Three pairs? Red, white, and blue. Show him, show him that we patriotic. Yes. Did you get a thank the you? The Z02s are, are easy him up a little bit. 
Hey, and didn't get a thank you. But I ain't gonna stress it out. You don't seem that happy. 1600 Pennsylvania. The shoes are there. What was the address? Did you get it right? You didn't say 1500, did you? 1600. I said 1600 Pennsylvania. They should have had them shoes by now. Did you send but them? You know what? Somebody, they, 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 they a hot item. Did you send them return receipt requested? No. That was your mistake. Because we don't that know if the mistake. president got oh, the shoes, man. so we don't know whether or not he refused you know to say thank you. He got them shoes. He know he got them shoes, and I tell you what, behind closed doors, I think he got them on his feet just dancing. Are they? And you know what song he's singing? What song? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That is not a real song. That's what song he's singing. That is not a song. They just made one. You made that him. up, and it is not a real song. Hey, he got a new song. It's, it's just for him. So, a couple things. One. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Hey, he'll make that trend number one somehow. He will. I mean, if that's not a ringtone on iTunes already, I'm stunned. I am stunned. It's your ringtone. Yeah, it's got to be. It's not your ringtone already. Well, I just meant if it's not being sold for profit somewhere already, because obviously I already have it as my ringtone and text tone. Um, is LeVar Ball the most talented human being in the world, though? Because <laughs> Maybe. He, is, he has taken his wife away away from her physical therapist and doctors because he could he could healer. heal her better he's, than he's they healer, could yes. and get her back rehabbed. He's teaching after his kid ac- he's teaching his kid academically, right? He he took Lamelo out of high school because he's going he can homeschool him better than the teachers at his academy could. And now he has taken Leangelo out of UCLA because he can prepare him for the NBA draft better than college could at UCLA. You know who also has the same opportunity to get drafted as Leangelo Ball? Me? Richard Skinner. <laughs> Probably true. true. And that's unless, talking unle- ball. Unless, unless I go work with him. He, maybe, maybe that's his next trick is to turn a 54-year-old white man into a great, five-foot-six white man into a great basketball player. So you want to know where this all goes back I to, do. though, right? Yes. Back to, we're back to China again? We're back to China again. Somehow we're back here with the conspiracy so, theory. So let me just throw this out here. You guys were very worked up when I suggested that there was something fishy going on with that whole arrest, right? Well, all I'm going to say is he gets arrested. Everyone tells us that it's a big deal in China. Five to ten years in prison, potentially. If nothing else, it's going to take weeks to sort it out before he can get out of jail. Found out it was nothing. Magically, he was already out of jail. And Chinese authorities come back and say, we didn't even have him on house arrest. They had security guards doing that on their own. He was allowed to go wherever he wanted. So, a little fishy, I I would still say. Now, all of a sudden, after they made their Chinese tour of doing all the big baller pop-up brand things... He yanks the son out of UCLA because clearly Leangelo was never an NBA prospect. Everyone knew that. He was an average college prospect. LeVar had been saying he's a one-and-done guy, but we all knew, and we all knew LeVar isn't dumb enough to actually think that. So what is he doing? He's giving a reason of why he won't work out as the one-and-done because he pulled him early, because he had this situation. But what did he just set up over in China? They've already got the 30 for 30 redemption story going. He already got the name recognition over there for doing the whole robbery thing. Tell me what Chinese team that has stars guys like Jimmer Fredette and a 48-year-old Stefan Marbury isn't going to take one of the balls on their roster after the type of clout they've built up internationally. Make sure everything in town is locked down. down. Exactly. I mean, that's just... Initially, he's the bad boy. You take him on as a controversial figure. He... People get worked up, so they have to cover him. Then he succeeds. And so LeVar comes over there like Godzilla. Rawr, rawr, rawr. 
You're telling me you were telling me some of these foreign <laughs> leagues aren't going to take the ball family oh, they are. to make money. They are. It's ridiculous. And not to mention the people saying like I, I, the, here's the second part of this. All the journalists who are jumping B. on to complain, su- subsection A, yeah, okay. side rule B, all these ju- journalists and columnists that are jumping on to write their column oh, it's a joke. about LiAngelo not being an NBA prospect, no kidding! We all knew that. Why Why do you want to write about him now? Because I, LeVar told you to. I love talking about this family. I would never jump on to say, is not actually a prospect. We all knew we that. We knew that. You guys are so anxious to write your columns and get your clicks, and you're so angry that you don't even realize that you're playing it. This is what LeVar wants. He wants you to say, LiAngelo is not a prospect, so you keep mentioning his name, you keep bringing it up, and you keep debating whether or not he actually is. Then one of those teams are going to say, you know what? Maybe, maybe we is. should give him a maybe, look yeah, at least since there's so much debate about it. And by the way, people that are acting like he can't make a G League roster, can we talk about guys that are on G League rosters right now? Wally Ellenson from Marquette. That's not Henry Ellenson, the star brother. We're talking about the track guy who had to quit the team because he wasn't good enough and Woj didn't want him anymore after his brother left. So he wouldn't slap the floor. That guy is on a G League roster. Troy Copain is on a G League roster. Troy Copain is on a G League roster and playing very well, thank you. Exactly. Troy Copain is doing very well in the G League. You think Leangelo Ball can't play in the G League? Malcolm Bernard is playing for, for a G League team and, and doing fine. You're telling me Leangelo Ball can't find a spot on the G League roster? No, we never saw him at UCLA. Yeah, right. It, All I know him it really is doesn't shot- matter. All That's I know him as is a Chinese shoplifter. That's the only thing I know about the guy. If you really want to play basketball for $17,000 a year, they have to fill out the rosters. They will take you. He's six six and go. he can shoot and he's athletic. You're five enough. six and you can shoot. I can shoot. <laughs> I can't get up and down the floor anymore. But maybe Lavar. If I go to Lavar, hopefully he'll help me. Well, I wonder what coaching pays in the G League. It's got to pay more better than, than playing. It's got to pay more than three grand a year. I can tell you that, brother. You think they'd let you stomp, kick a basketball there? He, eh, I don't think the players would appreciate that a whole lot. Xavier strength coach pulled a skinny in the in the pregame. What do you I don't do? Know if that's a regular thing or not, but right before they started doing their 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 plyometrics and stretching he booted one into the stands i like it out of anger i, I think it was out of out of getting them fired, fired up, up? Getting okay. them, getting, yeah, i only getting do the it emotion I, I, I only do it out of anger on occasion and you can't do it. you got to do it like it's like once every three weeks i don't know if he does it every time he did it for the shootout yeah you don't you're, you're not around for for that enough are you i don't know I, he does push-ups on every road before every road game in a, in a circle for him it's pretty damn impressive too yeah he, he kicked the ball he was nice. doing deadlifts yesterday in the locker room so <laughs> very well done all right boys anything else we good I think we're good. Thank you for your LeVar Ball weekly weekly commentary. And that's so, Talking Ball. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this podcast. Uh, boys, we'll be back next Wednesday. That's not a real song. Oh, I, I forgot. Como, honestly, get a grip, my man. Get a real job. He was, he was what really, are you doing? I was, he was very serious about the comeback. What an embarrassment that is for a guy who takes it's himself seriously. Of course not. Until it trends number one here, another Taylor Swift is going to record it, and it'll be number one. There we go. Taylor Swift, that'll be the Grammy next year. Songwriter of the Year, LeVar Ball. Taylor Swift performing the LeVar, LeVar Ball thank you song. Be careful what you speak into existence. Skinny. I know. There you go. All right, boys, thanks We've very much. That. We'll be back next uh, Wednesday to talk uh, UC Florida and much, much more on this podcast. For Chad Randall. back. Yeah, if you come back alive without eating. Yeah, you're going to Spark Steakhouse. You may not come back alive. Somebody didn't. For Chad Brendel and Rick Boring, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Skinny Podcast, the College Basketball Edition.